PFF Daily Betting Podcast. It has been a wild few days of football already kicked off on Thanksgiving with some NFL action. We got a little bit of that college slate uh, last night with one game, and we've kind of continued it on into the Friday slate. We had Notre Dame minus five. Uh, got to the window for those backers, unfortunately. That was uh, a detriment to my written picks and green line. We definitely leaned towards North Carolina in that matchup. Of course, uh, Notre Dame defense definitely slowed uh, that offense down towards the end of the game, but I do still have two more plays coming up here um, on Saturday as far as game totals and bets. I'm going to talk about uh, you know a few of the marquee matchups that are popping up and I do think there's going to be some decent discussion on uh, the best DFS plays for the main slate of college football action. Uh, after that we can talk a little bit about prize picks and then I'm going to end with my favorite derivative bets for college football that uh, went one and two, two weeks ago, I actually didn't get uh, the tweet or discussion happening on the podcast from last week. So I do still sit at, at 18, 11, and 1 on the season for those derivative bets. So let's dive into Saturday. We have 40 games on the schedule. There are marquee matchups, including the Iron Bowl, which features our number one ranked Crimson Tide um, in Tuscaloosa, taking on uh, the ninth ranked Auburn Tigers. Uh, Clemson also has Trevor Lawrence returning. They're up against the 25th ranked Pittsburgh. Uh, we have LSU versus Texas A&M is also another intriguing matchup in the SEC. Uh, the Big Ten has, you know, a couple games. A couple games. Ohio State is in action against Illinois. That's uh, a pretty far out spread. I am kind of looking towards a different matchup actually for my first betting thing, and that is uh, Penn State at Michigan. Uh, both these teams are definitely disappointing to start the 2020 college football season. They are combined one and nine against the spread. Uh, Michigan looked pretty decent last week, especially when Cade McNamara took over at quarterback. We are expecting to see Cade McNamara again. Um, I kind of like what Michigan's offense is going to be capable of doing here against Penn State. They Penn State and the Lions basically haven't shown any life whatsoever, whatsoever on the offensive side of the football. They haven't moved the ball um, at all, either through the pass or air. So I do kind of like uh, Michigan Wolverines. They do have the much better EPA per pass attempt, better rushing EPA per attempt. And I do think that uh, Michigan might have the slightly better defensive grade and our opponent adjusted defense grade. So I do think that I would lean towards Michigan basically in all assets. Um, the market has kind of moved against me, unfortunately. I think you know, I printed it closer to minus two. Uh, I do see Michigan basically at that minus one or pick them at this point in time. So it does seem like uh, some backers are definitely coming in on Penn State. I would still take uh, the Wolverines at this point in time. I haven't seen too much uh, that may, makes me lean differently. Of course, if you're going up against you know the majority of the market, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But we have our cash percentage heavily uh, skewed towards Michigan at that minus one spread. Obviously, there's a lot more backing for Penn State uh, at the better line of two, two and a half. But I'm still seeing a healthy percentage of uh, cash and tickets both on Michigan. So I do think that you're getting the better uh, team and, you know, basically a pick spread, which I think is probably a little bit too light here. Even if there aren't going to be, you know, the majority of fans in the big house cheering on the Wolverines, I do think that they still have an edge here. So I don't mind them on either the spread or money line at this point in time. I do think the game plays a little bit lower uh, than what the market expects. I do think that 58 is probably a little, a little bit high of a total at this point in time. Um, I do think we're going to see a little bit more of a defensive struggle. Cade McNamara might be able to move a little ball a little bit better against Penn State. They do have the worst defense, so I do kind of leave um, 
you know, towards a much slower game, and I do think that favors Michigan at this point. So uh, let's talk about, um, you know, my other written play, basically North Texas plus three and a half. That's cut through uh, the key number three down to two and a half. So unfortunately, we can't really recommend at that recommend a play on North Texas at this time. Uh, but we do have a few decent, uh, bigger matchups like we touched on. We have uh, LSU at Texas A&M, a night game in College Station. Kellen Munn versus TJ Finley. It's basically a question of can TJ Finley keep pace with that Kellen Munn-led uh, Texas A&M offense? Um, you know, that is going to be basically the question at this point in time. The market doesn't necessarily uh, buy in too much uh, to LSU, I think it opened up right around 14. It slid all the way out to 15. We have 68% of the cash, 65% of the tickets on the Aggies. Um, you know, our offensive ranking actually has LSU performing just a little bit better in our opponent-adjusted metrics so far. Of course, Texas A&M um, offense has been much, much better from an EPA perspective. They basically uh, tripled the output from LSU on an EPA per pass attempt. Uh, so we'll see. But I do think Kellen Munsman uh, may be just a little bit more conservative than what we'd like to give him credit for at this point. But he does have the better overall PFF grade uh, than TJ Finley, obviously, on, you know, twice as many dropbacks. A little bit lower of an um, accuracy percentage, but... Um, which is kind of interesting because TJ Finley actually has the higher average depth of target, um, more positive graded throws. So I don't know. I think the market might be uh, not necessarily understand how good TJ Finley looks, especially last week. He got us to the window. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards the under, though, at this point. Uh, there's not a ton of value in any other of the betting markets, so I can understand if you want to lay off it. But the 62.5 point total, I think, is going to be a little... Um, I think is a little overstated at this point in time. 58% of the cast actually lean towards the under. I definitely like that market direction. So I'm kind of buying into the under at this point in time, and that's you know some worthwhile information for DFS purposes as well. Um, another matchup, Auburn at Alabama, of course, talked about it. The Iron Bulls coming up, 24 and a half point uh, spread for Alabama at this point in time. We kind of have these teams maybe just a little bit closer than what the market has. We have Auburn still at ninth overall um, in our ELO rankings. So we'll see. Of course, Mac Jones has been looking, you know, pretty close to a Heisman Trophy candidate, at least. I don't want to say he's anywhere close to uh, the front runner, but this um, Alabama offense has been pretty much lights out for the whole season. Uh, 0.51 EPA per pass attempt. That's five times as much as what Auburn's been able to put forth. Um, so you're getting the much better quarterback. Of course, 24 and a half points is a significant amount to lay on a 62 and a half point total. Our model actually kind of leans towards the under on that total. So I do understand why uh, we definitely like probably leaning towards Auburn as well. But it's not really a great situation when you're backing Bo Nix. We've tried it a couple times. It hasn't necessarily worked out um, that great. So I don't mind laying off this and potentially just being a spot where you're maybe, maybe leaning on the under. Maybe you're leaning on more towards um, an Auburn team total under or something like that. But I don't really think it's, it's probably a viable spot. Um, for some DFS action, especially if Auburn can uh, keep pace with Alabama, force them to play four full quarters. If you're going to get, you know, Devonta Smith basically running out there for four quarters, I definitely think uh, that's where Alabama is going to be most productive. But maybe this is more of a Najee Harris uh, sort of game, salting that game away at home for Alabama. So let's talk about one more. Let's talk about Pittsburgh at Clemson. Uh, despite all the craziness, it looks like we're going to have two quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett and Trevor Lawrence. What you would have drawn up in the preseason, uh, but, you know, that's been anything but throughout the season. But they are both returning at this point. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been 
course, quite good here uh, in the time that he's actually been able to play. 23-point spread for Clemson, I think, is maybe just a little bit overstated. Of course, once again, I think we probably make it closer to 22-21, uh, even three touchdown spreads. So 23 feels just like a little bit much, but we actually don't see any value on the Panthers. I don't really feel too comfortable backing them anyway, so I'm kind of glad. Uh, we do like the under at 56 and a half. Don't necessarily feel um, that great about it either. I do think that this could potentially be a spot where, you know, Clemson's playing much better, uh, looking to kind of reestablish themselves in that college football playoff discussion and race. And I do think that they know that they need, uh, you know, pretty much to be lights out at this point in time all the way through to the ACC championship game. So I do think that we're going to see a pretty decent performance from them. So I'm not too uh, excited about backing Pittsburgh. Thankfully, we don't have value on that on green line. The under may be viable. Maybe you're more looking towards uh, Pittsburgh Panthers team total under something like that is maybe the correct approach in my opinion if you're trying to get some action down on this game um, but that is one that is also on our DFS slate here um, so maybe we'll just move on to that uh, you know I don't really like the Pittsburgh Clemson game from a fantasy perspective that much I do think if we lean towards the under that's definitely a spot for where I'm typically avoiding it Alabama Auburn I think once again if Auburn can keep it close maybe there's some viable pieces um, in place but there's you know 11 games coming up on this slate. Definitely some high totals. Of course, we have the Ohio State-Illinois sitting close to that 70.5 total, 28-point spread. So maybe that one gets a little bit too far out of hand where it doesn't really have you know the back-and-forth fantasy production that we're looking for, but that might still be a spot where uh, you know maybe you're stacking somebody on Ohio State with Justin Fields. A few other higher total games. We have Maryland at Indiana. Our model kind of leans towards the under at 64 in the matchup between Tula Tularola and Michael Penix. Of course, Indiana's been quite good um, recently, especially from a DFS perspective by, you know, both Ty Fergal, Michael Penix, a little bit of Wolfleyor as well has been somewhat mixed in, maybe not as much as lately, but it's definitely been the Ty show at this point. Uh, I think he's going to see really high ownership. He's the one that's definitely popping up in our blow-up model. Um, but has isn't basically at the threshold that he was. Of course, Sally has definitely come up as well, so that has some influence on it. But we really like Devonta Smith, though. The question is, once again, is he going to get uh, the full run here for Alabama? If he does, I do think he's the best play on the slate. Elijah Moore is also up there as well. Tylen Wallace uh, could see a little bit. Um, you know, of action as well. We like Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz. If Auburn's able to keep pace with Alabama, that's a viable spot. Jalen Naylor, uh, Taj Harris once again is popping up. So we have, you know, a few different options coming up in our blow-up model that are kind of popping up. If you're going to look more towards the game stack, kind of like we touched on, maybe Justin Fields, uh, Ohio State, Illinois game stack could be viable. I think the Maryland game stack is going to be quite popular as well. That might be another one to look into. KJ Costello, Matt Carell, Mississippi State, Mississippi, 67.5 point total. Uh, that market spreads, you know, basically within two, two scores. So maybe that's um, potentially the best option. And then we're going down to the into the level of, you know, Auburn, Alabama at 62.5 in those sorts of situations. So I don't know. We have basically um, 
one game that's essentially unplayable unplayable northwestern michigan state at 41 and a half but then there are you know quite a few in that 55 to 60 point range which i definitely going to be under the radar um and could potentially offer a little bit of goodness so it's definitely going to be a pretty fun main slate of college football action um let's talk about uh maybe my favorite thing to participate in on saturdays is prize picks uh it's a site that lets you parlay different fantasy performances and if you sign up using promo code pff we will get you some free money to begin wage with so you can get a promo code with that so just use a pff for your code we will get you some bonus money you can definitely start participating in some fun prize picks pools so i do have a couple viable plays coming up here for the saturday slate i'm actually going to be attacking two quarterback unders bailey hockman under 18.5 fantasy points my projections are a little closer to 15.5 it's uh on this low total 50.5 green line doesn't really have a lean towards the over or the under typically with this lower total we would probably lean towards the over which makes me think this could be a pretty slow paced game um syracuse has actually has had a surprisingly solid opponent adjusted coverage grade i think if north carolina state um is going to be successful they could be doing it more on the ground and if they're up by a couple touchdowns which is basically what that spread is i do think that they're going to be looking to pound it to run the clock out so i do think bailey hockman's fantasy performance uh, is going to be in jeopardy because of that so i definitely lean under 18 and a half fantasy points another one alan bauman under 21 and a half fantasy points i am closer to again 15 for him another low total oklahoma state of course struggled defensively last week but i think they're uh potentially going to have a little bounce back performance they're 16th in our opponent adjusted coverage grade in the country uh slightly above average in our pass rush cover or in our pass rush opponent adjusted grade and I do think this quarterback situation, of course, has been dicey all season. So I don't know if we're even going to see Alan Bauman out there for a full run even. So I do think getting under that 21.5 fantasy points is definitely a viable play. Um, and then my final segment before we wrap is just a little bit of chat on de derivative bets for Saturday. I'm going to ease back into it a little bit. I had my week off last week uh, trying to get back. Um, you know, in the correct state of mind, 18-11, trying to keep the good times rolling. But uh, unfortunately, last week with the timing and everything else, um, wasn't able to get these plays out. It's been kind of weird that market has actually taken a little bit longer to actually post lines uh, for like these first half team totals game totals things like that for specific teams so um, it's been a little bit more difficult to get them out in a timely manner but I'm going to go a little bit more under the radar this week I like a few spots out of the power five action so I do think Akron Zips under 10 first half team total of his viable play I do think that's plus money at this point in time I kind of like them to start off a little slow UTEP over 7.5 first half team total I do think that game plays up and pace quite a bit uh, basically at this point they just need a touchdown and field goal to get over that first half team total and I do think that they're going to have enough opportunities to be able to do that in the first half so I definitely like that one Arkansas State under 17 and a half first half team total I think this game um, is just a little overstated with where the total actually is at this point in time so I think attacking it Taking it on the Arkansas State side, first half, as well as definitely the best play. So under 17 and a half, sitting right above that key number 17. I do think that's a, a pretty good spot to target for a derivatives bet. And then my last one, Georgia Tech under 28 and a half, full game. Uh, the market on this one's kind of shady because I think their first half team total sits right around 13, 13 and a half. This one's up to 28 and a half for a full game. I do think going under that's definitely the correct play. Um, another matchup where I expect, you know, just a little bit less scoring than what the market is currently projecting. 
projecting at this point. So I definitely think uh, taking that under as well is another viable play. So we're on three unders, one over, Akron Zips under 10 first half team total, UTEP over 7.5 first half team total, Arkansas State under 17 and a half first half team total, Georgia Tech under 28.5 full game team total. Lock it in, let's make it happen. We got a great slate of college football. We talked about, you know, the last real good bet on the board. There are a few marquee matchups, which I'm definitely looking forward to. And then this college football DFS slate's great. We got prize picks, derivatives bets, everything else that you could ask for. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it up on another edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I appreciate you all listening in. Uh, go make that money here on this Saturday slate. Thank you.